Welcome listeners to Small Business Portland, where we discuss the future of independent business in Portland, Oregon. I'm Eleni Gerding, your host and the president of Venture Portland. Today, we're excited to welcome Dee Dee Hopkins to the show. Dee Dee owns Good Deeds in the Alberta Arts District, which is a Black-owned femme business, a full-service company focused on food, fashion, and events, and also incorporates mutual aid. Dee Dee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. So there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, let's start with the simplest thing. Your name, Good Deeds, where'd that come from? Uh, so, you know, we're just trying to really figure out a name that could encompass everything that I've done, everything that I do. So my company started off in Los Angeles, California. I was working as a private chef and caterer for both private or private people and um, festival work. I was doing fashion stuff, just doing a variety of things. And one of my friends was just kind of like, you know what? You do so much good in the world. Your name is Dee Dee. A lot of my friends call me Deeds. And she just came up with good Deeds. And with the two Ds in the middle, I was just like, oh my God, mind blown. That's perfect. It's so good. So I've been good Deeds ever since. It is perfect. Um, So that's a lot. Food, fashion, events. I mean, I see where they go together, but how did they start to come together for you? What would you start with? I was first a uh, fashion stylist. Actually, in Hollywood, I was uh, I was in local 705. Shout out to my union workers. I was doing TV shows, movies, music videos. So that's kind of where it first started for me. And then in 2008, the good old writer's strike happened. So that really kind of put a hold on so much of what I was doing within that that realm. Uh, from that point on, I was in Los Angeles doing a little bit of hospitality work in the editorial field. So within editorial, they have something called client service, which is pretty much a high-end concierge. Uh, you make snacks. You just, you just do all the things to make the clients happy. So within that, I got to be really known for not buying Trader Joe's stuff, really kind of making really cute appetizers. The editorial house that I was working for called Cut and Run in Santa Monica they pretty much built a kitchen for me. So from that point, I really kind of started my tiny chefing career. From making those small appetizers, I started making larger dishes. Uh, from that, I was asked to kind of um, do like some sous chefing in a variety of different aspects, whether it be for other private chefs, for catering types of things, or for festivals. And then I just blew up. I ended up going to culinary school on a full scholarship which was great in Los Angeles and just kind of started doing my own thing. And from there, it's uh, it's kind of snowballed. And I'm so grateful for all of it. So was it a deep down passion that just kind of found its way out? Or did this go way back for you to the time you were little? Were you always into fashion and, and food? And So I started cooking when I was six. I made my very first dish. I made potato pancakes. And my grandmother was like, all right. She she like sat there and she watched me peel the potatoes, watched me shred the potatoes. She just really kind of oversaw everything. And that was the very first thing that I did. From that point on, I watched my mom cook and did a lot of cooking myself. Did not realize it was going to be kind of my passion and life's work. And also because I'm an only child and my grandmother raised me, we did a lot of uh, department store shopping. So back in the day, we would go to the department stores and we play this game where I would feel the fabric of the clothing and guess what percentage of each fabric it actually was. So those two things have been something that I've been into and like part of my entire life. They're still very big parts of my life. I just left New York where I went on a food and fashion tour and cried on every block because everything was so beautiful. So I've, I'm really lucky that these are things that have been things I've been into since I was a child that I've really been able to uh, parlay into the into the loves of my life as far as work goes. 
Isn't that special? And it sounds like it was intuitive to you, but when I say yeah. special, I mean, boy, when you can do something that you love and pass that on to other people and, and let it be something that just permeates every part of your life, it's it's pretty amazing. So LA sounds glamorous, but then you ended up in Portland. How'd that happen? So um, I um had a roommate situation go awry, as oftentimes they do. And I was like, well, you know what? I think that it's time for me to go someplace else. I've been in LA this entire time. I do not have a full-time job. I am single. There's nothing holding me back. I'm going to like choose a place. And so within my festival world, I have found that so many of my festival family and those people that you travel with and see at all these different festivals that you work together throughout the year, I found that a good portion of those folks lived in Portland. I also was told by a couple of little birdies that Portland kept it weird. I was also told and kind of realized that uh, Portland had a really good food scene. I'm like, it's not that far from home. This might be a good place to land. So I sold a good majority of my things, bought a one-way train ticket, came here by myself, not not ever having been here, not ever been there before. And I got there on October the 3rd of 2019, and I've been there ever since. And I love it, despite some of the issues that it has. I'm I'm having a really, really lovely time making my life in Portland. That's great to hear. I mean, everybody's got problems. All cities have their issues, but Portland's checking the boxes. Uh, we called, you came, and yes. now you're doing all the things you love here. So so let's talk about that a little bit, because that, that's quite the description of full service company focused on food, fashion events. And then you bring in this mutual aid. I mean, I think there's a lot to discuss here for people listening that might not even know what exactly that means. So what's a typical day look like for you um, to start and then kind of Walk me out from there. What 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 all do you do in, in your business? So there's there's a couple of things that, that I do. Uh, I am a private chef again. I do a lot of um, wellness retreats, receptions, private birthday parties. The last thing that I just did was uh, a 50th anniversary party at a beautiful place called Hopkins Reservation. Uh, that is in Oregon City. That was a beautiful, beautiful event. I had so much fun doing that. Was able to do my first cake decor. So I did a two-layer uh, cake similar to a wedding cake with flowers and ivy and lights and all these things. So that was really beautiful. So I do things like that a lot. Mutual Aid has kind of become my life. So I'll explain to you what Mutual Aid is and how I got involved in that. So Mutual Aid uh, is the act of helping others basically. That can come into a variety of ways. Um, that can be working with the houses community, providing them with um, warming materials. That could be working with house communities, providing food. I focus on food. Food is my passion. For me, food is love. Food is my love language. I also hate seeing food waste. So I really try to make sure that I get a variety of things for which I fill free fridges. I cook meals for the houses. I cook meals for anybody who needs it. When I first moved here, actually, and the pandemic happened, and I had nothing to do, and I was just really nervous, and everybody was nervous, and it was just it was a really good time, I was making like big batches of food and leaving it on my porch for folks to just come and pick up. I'd put a call on Facebook. Hey, are you hungry? Do you need some love? Do you need some sustenance? Well, I got you. Come by my house, grab this hot meal. And once I really started doing that, I really found that that is what I want to do. Um, I was a chef at a restaurant here uh, for the first six months of being here. I worked at a really beautiful special place called Rosie's Lounge that was on the corner of 30th and Alberta that was owned and generally managed by Joe Colley. Uh, my dear friend, Sarah King, her bestie, Bless, they were the bar and uh, drink managers, and I was the head chef. 
That was a really special time. I was really able to utilize my skills and my creativity for something I'd never been able to do before, which was develop this beautiful menu in a for-profit space. It was fantastic. It really was. After that ended, as a lot of restaurants went down, businesses went down after COVID, I found myself in the mutual aid world, working for a couple of different organizations in a variety of aspects, getting food out to those who need it. And since I've been doing that the past few years, I've really wanted to make sure that that is what my focus is, which brings me to my next project that I'm really excited to talk about. A friend of mine named Brad, he has a food truck on the corner of 15th and Alberta in the pod there called Bolo. He is out of the country for maybe like three months, and he offered me his food truck to do whatever it is I wanted to do with it. And I was I was so touched. Well, he was like, Dee, you know what? You do so much in the community, which is lovely. I would never toot my own horn like that. But I'm happy that other people kind of see what I'm doing because I think that, you know, you can lead by example. And I'd really like to lead by example to let people know that no one has to go hungry in this city, in this country, in this world. There is definitively enough for us to share. So anyway, he was like, Dee, you can take this full service food truck and do whatever it is you want to do with it. You can do mutual aid work with it. You can do your own personal stuff with it, whatever you want to do. And that concept just blew my mind. So for the next two months, I have access to start building something that I would like to see continue within this city. So I was trying to come up with names for it. Like, what could I call this thing? So uh, I am from a very urban community, hip hop culture and skate culture and all of those cultures are a big part of my life. So I wanted to call it something like that. You know, something kind of swaggy, something that like really kind of related to all the people. Thinking about it with some friends, I was like, the come up, the this stuff, the whatever. And we're like, oh, yo, let's call it the pull up. So it's called the pull up. So it's where you pull up and you get whatever food it is that we're making on that day. And you get it free of charge. If you say you need it, you need it. Doesn't matter who you are. Okay, so my focus is this. My focus is always going to be to marginalize people specifically and generally in Black women, for sure. Black women marginalize people to the front of the line. But that being said, I believe that everybody deserves food. Everybody deserves good sustenance and deserves that sort of care and love. So with my thing that I'm going to be doing, anybody can come and get food. Whoever you are, you need food, come up, pull up, come pull up to the pull up and get some food. So I'm very, very excited about that. And that's going to be happening over the next two months, days and hours still to be determined. But uh, yeah, please look <laughs> forward to that. I'll, I'll have that information to everybody out shortly, sooner than later, within the next week for sure. You are really good at marketing and coming up with names <laughs> that have meaning and connect things and bring it all together. Pull up is is darling just from the concept of it's a food cart. And like you yeah. said, you're going to pull right on up to it. Um, so many curiosities about that, just in terms of if the menu's changing every day, you're just going to work with what you have. So is there a place that food's going to be coming from that's going to that's working with you to help get this food out to those in need? Yes. Um, I, I've been very, very lucky that I've been uh, able to connect uh, with a variety of organizations because a good portion of what I do revolves around food gleaning. Food gleaning is the act of saving food that would otherwise get thrown away. I cannot stand that. I cannot stand that concept. It bothers me so bad because it doesn't need to happen. A lot of it is based upon economics and folks just trying to make money. So I was also raised by a depressionary grandmother. So wasting food is not really something that I am keen to doing. And I know for a fact that food can get made by folks around the city. We can get it distributed. So I have a couple of different people that I work with. I have worked with New Seasons in the past. I have my friend Bobby Rodrigo, who works with Walk for Change. 
Uh, I have a couple of other organizations, um, including Feed the People. That is it. Oh, the, the Free Food Project, excuse me. That's located okay, in Tigard. I have a couple of uh, organizations that are going to glean food with me and help me gather these things. So my thought is this, is that on Tuesdays, I, well, I'd like to do, because I have so many other things going on as well. So far, we're going to do the pull-up twice a week. And so how I'd like to have it work is that on Tuesdays, I work with my team of chefs and my crew. We see whatever it is that we get in. We build that menu. We prep that food. Wednesday, we open up our doors at noon. We start cooking at, say, 9. And we serve that food until we run out or until about 2 p.m. Clean up. We do it all again on Thursday and Friday. So, so far, it's going to be a twice-a-week venture. And we'll see how it goes. I love it. And, and this is something that really just fell in your lap. So, you know, thanks, Brad, who's going to, you know, be out of town for a bit and giving you this opportunity <laughs> to do something so amazing for our community. But yes. let's let's get back a little bit into kind of your connections in the Alberta Arts District. It sounds like you landed there. Um, you had a great experience working there. You're, you're, you're still kind of operating out of that space. Um, what do you love about the district? I love the vibrancy of the district, but I am not, the irony is not lost on me about the things I did not notice when I first moved there. So I landed, uh, I landed in Portland, like I said, in 2019, I was cruising around looking at the space where Rosie's was looking at all the cute stores in Alberta. And I was like, oh my God, this place is so cute. I can't believe it. I love it. Blah, 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 whatever. And I was thinking to myself, too, because I'd been told, I I recently found out, because I was very, very new here, about the lack of diversity in Portland. And as I'm walking around Alberta, I'm seeing all the signs and the things. I was like, wow, this is really, this is really great. I see some diversity here. I see all the Black Lives Matter signs, all these things. And then, without a hint of irony, somebody says to me, well, without a hint of, 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 of certain things, they were like, well, they replaced the Black people with the signs. And I was like, ooh, that's heavy. So I am really excited to be within the Alberta Arts District. I really want to bring back and help bring back, because there are obviously African-American people here who have been here, but I realize they've been forced out. Redlining is a thing. So I'm hoping with just me kind of coming in, I'm able to work with the, work with the people within the community to bring back some of that original flavor that was in the neighborhood. Uh, just to bring a little more diversity to a neighborhood that I love, that's, that is fantastic. But bringing back some of that original vibrancy is kind of what one of my goals is as well. That's a, that's amazing. And I think it can happen. Do you feel like it can happen? I, I think that it can. It, that's, that's a really tricky question. I, I'd like to think that it can happen. Here's one thing about Portland is I really think that Portland is trying I, I, and that's what I love about Portland. I think that they're they're really trying to put their best foot forward in regards to taking care of people, in regards to um, trying to make sure the representation is happening. And so, yes, I, I stand strongly in the belief that like with some continued change or continued continued work with everyone, that that change is definitely going to occur. I don't want to do a, a totally hard shifting gears on you here, but yeah. I am thinking a little bit about fashion. Yep. Oh, you're talking, about, talking about your vibe and you're talking yeah. about, you know, kind of what it is that that you love to do and in describing your kind of a day in, in the life of good deeds. You talked about the cake and we kind of heard a little bit about pull up. What's yeah. the fashion part? The, my well, my sense of fashion is very it's 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 very wide ranged. It's uh, it's everything from um, kind of a Mad Men sort of sort of 1950s like with like the gloves and the dresses and like the little kitten heels but my, I would say that like if I really had to quantify my style it's it's funky like it's 1970s Harlem LA Soul Train 
sort of a vibe. Lots of patterns, lots of prints. I'm I'm like a I'm like a younger version of and black of like Iris Appel. So lots of beads all the time, lots of patterns, lots of caftans. I tend to try to buy vintage because reduce, reuse, recycle. Fast fashion is trash. I uh, I really enjoy thrifting. Um, and so it's really interesting. So that being said, another one of my little projects I'm doing is called Fifth Avenue. And that is going to be a little side shop that I'm going to have the Lloyd Center, the name Fifth Avenue, because again, as you can probably tell, I like having my names have meaning. Fifth Avenue in 1917 in New York City was the location of one of the uh, first large scale African-American protests that was a precursor to the Black Lives Matter movement. So yeah, everything that I do really has meaning and I'm really excited to be able to uh, be able to dip my toe into all the different spaces within the Portland community. You know, I'd like to focus on having, because uh, number five, you know, Fifth Avenue, I'd like to have, you know, only five other people in my area at a time. So I was like, I'd like to focus on maybe like five other Black female artists, five other artists, and five other women artists in general and have their wares up in the store uh, as well as my vintage things that I'm going to have there. So before you have that launched, um, how might people engage with you? Are you selling uh, original creations online? Is it just pop-up opportunities? And also, do you do styling for people? Can somebody hire you to like style their their wardrobe? They ask, you can hire me to style your wardrobe, your closet. I've been doing interiors and immersive art installations. I just, oh. Yeah, I just did an immersive art installation, my very first one, with a couple of organizations across the city that was for Black History Month called Black Hair Story PDX. I would encourage people to uh, look at that, put in that hashtag in Instagram. You can kind of see a lot of the work that I've done there as far as my immersive art has gone. Uh, you can look me up uh, at, at Diasha Baby. So that's at D-E-O-S-H-I-A-B-A-B-Y on Insta. See all of my fashion and fun stuff there. Yeah, I have a, a basement closet that looks like a store. And my room bay, as I love to call him, would be really excited if I got rid of a lot of it. So yes, please, <laughs> please come and buy my stuff. I can make room for more, but don't tell him that. Uh, but yeah, so people people can definitely reach out to me and kind of see my personal collection. And we can talk about a variety of things. Me consulting for them, me helping them clear out their wardrobe, maybe helping them come up with new ways and ideas of looking and being that'll be a little bit more vibrant because, you know, we've got some, hopefully some sunshine coming and people are going to want to, you know, make room and make time for that. So yes, I am open to all of the things. And you got here yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic. So you're like, all right, I'm making this big move to Portland. I don't know if that's going to work out or not. And then things drastically changed. How much did that help inform what you're doing today in terms of uh, the way you're working or the kind of work you're doing? Did that have to do with the pandemic and, and the restrictions that were put on us? Or was this real similar to what you knew you wanted to do already? If the pandemic hadn't happened, if the protests hadn't happened, if life had not happened the way that it happened has happened, I would probably be running one of the more successful restaurants in Portland. I truly believe that. Rosie's was looking hot. It was a great neighborhood. We had some really good food. We had some really good clientele. I believe that I'd, I'd still be doing that. But um, perfectly honest with you, I'm happy with the way that things have turned out. I have found not only what I believe that my life's work is, what I should be doing with my life, for, for myself and for the community, I'm still able to have fun. I'm really excited about all the variety of things that I get to do and how they've been able to kind of shape who I am in Portland. And I wouldn't change anything, actually. 
You sound like um, you're there. You, you've arrived at what you should be doing with your life. And and so many people get to the end and they they don't ever figure that out. So <laughs> it's it's refreshing and it's also really inspirational to hear somebody so set in what they're doing. And it also sounds like you've got a hand in so many things all the time and you're just moving and shaking and thinking and going. What do you do in your free time? I mean, what is that? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm joking. I have fun. I enjoy what I do. I always have a good time, no matter what it is I'm doing. Like, I enjoy cooking. I enjoy creating. I enjoy helping people. Um, I just um, am returning tomorrow from a nine-day sit on the East Coast. It's rejuvenated me and given me, like, a new lease on things I want to do. Like, I've been in such a culturally diverse, flavorful part of the country. I've been in New York. I'm in Connecticut. Uh, I'm really, really happy that I was able to be in a place that was super diverse, eclectic, both um, ethically and socioeconomically, where there's fashion, where there's food, where there's community. So I'm happy that I was able to have this time and hang out with my best friend, Amber, and uh, her family. I'm ready to go back to Portland, but I'm really excited to come back. I'm rejuvenated, ready to bring back these new flavors. Just all the inspiration that I've gotten uh, over the past few days and, you know, come back bigger, bigger, better, faster, stronger. Do you love to travel? Is it is it fun to just kind of get out and hit up some different towns and cities? I love traveling. I love travel. So here's the thing. I do not like the act itself of traveling. I cannot stand flying. Don't like it at all. Like, it gives me anxiety. But do I love being in new places? And do I love being in new places alone with, like, a little bit of money so I can, like, buy some street food or buy, like, a little piece of, like, some weird thrift thing or just, like, kind of cruise around and talk to people and, like, learn about the community, learn about, like, the um just the variety of things going on within that region? I love traveling so much. It's so fun for me. Like, I'm an only child, so I'm used to being by myself. I just love to meet people. I always had to do it. So I'm really, really good at it. Um, So yes, I love the, to travel and go places, but I don't really like the act of traveling in itself, really. It totally makes sense. If you could teleport, you would be, you'd be happy. If you could just magically appear in the new spot. I hear you. Yeah, like my goal tomorrow is to go to sleep and wake up and be back in Portland. So that's that's my plan. Well, it might happen. You never know. I, I believe you've got the power to do pretty much anything you think you want to do. So tell me, what's your favorite food? Ooh, I'm going to finally stump you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, whatever it is, I mean, at that time, it's delicious. I mean, I like so many types of food. So in New York, which was phenomenal. Oh, I love that city so much. I had two fancy meals. Wait, no, I had three fancy meals. I had three fancy meals. And then I had a bunch of just culturally diverse street food. My favorite thing that I had when I was in New York, and again, I had like a, because I had some, people were very nice to me when I was there. I had like a $50 lunch. I had like a, like I had like some oyster. I had all these different things. My favorite thing that I put in my mouth was a $2 kebab. A $2 chicken kebab that I got at this little place in Jackson Heights. It was so good and so fair with this, like, amazing mint sauce. Oh, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like everything. I, I really do. Like, my my taste buds run the gamut of all the things. I just love, I just love good food, period. In terms of your cooking, though, what's your favorite thing to make? Like, what, oh. what are your You know, it depends on the, it depends on who I'm cooking for, like, you know what? Honestly, it just it really depends. Okay, I really love to bake. I love making cheesecakes. When I was at um when I was leading Rosie's, I was also the dessert person. 
And I was having just a really good time coming up with like all these crazy cheesecake and ice cream desserts and sorbet recipes and stuff like that. So I love, it's like, I'm not really a sweet tooth person. I might put myself, it's okay. It's good. But I love making pretty things is really all it is. Like it, it can, it can be whatever it is. I just, I honestly just like to cook and it really depends upon the project. Like if somebody's like, I want fish. I love making like whole Branzino. Just so beautiful. If somebody likes doing a vegan, I love making like salads that are like couscous herbed something with some order of other sort of like, you know, vegan cheese. Or I just like making stuff up. It just it depends on who I'm cooking for and what I'm cooking for as to what it is I like to cook. I just like to cook, period. So very driven by the service aspect of it. What are you going to give to somebody? What is, you know, being in service to that person? They're looking for this and you're gonna make that yeah. Yeah, I, I like to I like to make people happy. Like I rarely cook for myself. Um, my favorite meal is uh, grits, scrambled eggs, and fried bologna. It really is. That's like my favorite meal. Like it's and it's my favorite meal because it's like it's like my easy comfort thing that I make for myself that like always hits. Like every single time, that's gonna hit the spot. And so I love doing that for myself. And I should. And then my also my other favorite thing is tacos because you know Los Angeles. I'm a huge taco aficionado. That's my thing too. Uh, but yeah, in regards to cooking for other people, I like to cook what's gonna make somebody happy. So they tell me what it is they like. I like to build the concept and the meal around them and blow their mind. That makes me happy. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what events look like for you. Is this a consulting thing as well, coming in to help host an event? Are you putting any on yourself specifically? I was recently talking to a friend of mine. His name is Chef Andrew Garrett with Lucky Chef Catering. He has brought me on to do some consulting and uh, event planning for him. So I'm going to be doing some things for him in the future. But yeah, you know, I've, I've got some I've got some really great concepts of things I want to do. I know there's a lot of grants out there where I can kind of mix my mix my variety of art. So this is kind of it's not weird, but it's just a, it's a different it's like kind of going to this different direction. I recently, maybe like five years ago, found a book. That was a cookbook uh, written by a woman named Catherine Bell called Mammy's Cookbook. And it paid, it was super condescending, but she was trying her best. It paid homage to the Black Mammy of her youth. This woman who took care of her and it's all of her recipes. Now, while this woman was trying her best to give love, because she really was, this book is kind of a lot. Um, but what I would like to do is hold some sort of salon dinner where I cook a lot of the recipes from this book, first, well, first, first and foremost, I locate Sally May because that was this woman's name, the, the chef's name. Well, I'm going to call her a man anymore. She was a chef, a chef and a caregiver. She, I want, I like to find her family, get permission, and do a salon sort of series in Portland where I make her food. We talk about racism and inequity in food, and we donate some of the proceeds of that dinner to her family. But it'll be a whole like experience. So that's a project that I'm kind of looking forward to doing too. That can that can meld my new love for immersive experiences with my love of food, with my love of history, with my love of food equality. So I've got, I've got so many ideas. <laughs> I'm not going to forget that one. What are you going to call this event? I don't know. I do not know. Cause I want to come up with something that will, that will give respect to all parties involved because while I'm not caping for this white woman, Catherine Bell, I do believe I wouldn't want, want to villainize her by any means either because I think that she was doing what she thought was like something that was really profound and progressive at the time because she was. But I also want to make sure that I'm giving full and utmost respect to the family of that woman who those recipes came from. 
Well, expanding on her good intentions and and helping bring it to light for more people in a more meaningful way. Absolutely. Absolutely. That part. Thank you. (laughs) So we have covered a lot of ground and there's a lot of stuff coming up that people need to keep their eyes on. Pull up food carts and opportunity in the future. Fifth Avenue coming to the Lloyd Center at some point is going to be a big opportunity. And these salon dinners, I know, are going to be really impactful for our community to to have here in the Portland area, as so many people really want to do better and and to educate themselves in the right way. Didi, it's been absolutely amazing chatting with you today. Let's go over some, you know, of the in our last few moments here essentials. If somebody wants more Didi, where's the best place for them to go? Is it your Instagram? I've got three ways that I would love for people to contact me on. They can either, again, go to my Instagram, which is D-E-O-S-H-I-A-B-A-B-Y. That's Diasha Baby at Instagram. Or they can go to my Facebook, which is uh, Diasha Hopkins, D-E-O-S-H-I-A, capital H-O-P-K-I-N-S. Or the final way would be to reach me by email, which is Diasha. One more time, D-E-O-S-H-I-A dot Hopkins, H-O-P-K-I-N-S at gmail.com. I'm available for all of your mutual aid, food, fashion, consulting. I mean, if you just want to talk, we can do that too. I'm, I'm pretty open. I was going to say, it'd be fun to just go yeah. out and have um, some some $2 chicken kebabs with you. <laughs> I mean, here in Portland, of course. But um, anyway, thank you so much, Didi. It was really, really wonderful to spend time with you today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to share a little more about being a Black-owned femme business in Portland. You've been listening to the Small Business Podcast, hosted by me, Eleni Gertie organized by Sarah King and produced by Jacob Falkenberg. You can connect with us on Instagram at Venture Portland and make sure to check out our website for the latest info on business districts, the small business podcast, webinars, and events at VenturePortland.org. Until next time, shop and support local because small businesses build strong neighborhoods.